These are the ongoing investigations of Art on the Air, an elite branch of WRUU, answerable only to the creative community in the city of Savannah. Featuring guests in conversation regarding their work, philosophy, practice, and current projects, as well as commentary on the state of the visual arts in our community, should they give up their right to remain silent. Each show also highlights the week's upcoming art-related interests and events in the hostess city and surrounding low country where anything can happen. You're in the right place. Ah! Rob Hessler demands the truth and has a self-made pedigree to back him up. His keen sense of detail detecting subtle clues learned from great study and his righteous, fiery attitude. You got any you got any stories? Enable him to nab unsuspecting artists for serious questioning about their work and their motives deep within. He'll be van going away for a long time. David Laughlin is a street-smart, maverick, undercover artist who won't hesitate for a second to toss the rule book out the window if it stands in the way of appreciating the ethos and the engineering of an artist's work on and off the street. Yo, Picasso, both eyes up here. His unconventional methods often land him in hot water, but he gets results. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Hey, um, we have a report of a rogue sculptor whose work incorporates textile elements in their design with a political statement about classism and wool. Book them, Davo. Art on the Air, Voices of the Visual Arts. These are their stories. This week, this week, this week another, brush another brush with, with danger. danger. And this is Art on the Air and WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I'm Rob Hessler here with my co-host, David Laughlin. Hey, and, everybody. And we've got uh, our in-studio guest here, Peter Roberts. Hey, Peter, how's it going? Great. Thanks for having me on. It's good to see you again. We've got a great show lined up for you. Obviously, we've got Peter in the studio, and we're going to be talking Young all- novice artist, Peter Roberts. <laughs> emerging young talent. Hey, emerging young talent. Thank you. His Thank exhibition, you. <laughs> If Only, opens this Friday over at the Savannah LGBT Center, and we're going to talk all about that. Plus, we've got a field note with Peggy Jo Autry... Are we David, doing that first? By the we're going to do that first. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do that first before we get into the long-form interview. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, I better preface this because we jumped right in when we started talking. Uh, uh, Peggy Jo Autry, she has, and as she'll explain, she's only been painting for a year. She's never drawn or painted. I love that. Until about a year ago. And she'll explain why and how that occurred. Uh, I first met her at the SLAM event. 
Charlie's event last March. Right. The what was that? Savannah. That was out of local art market. The Savannah local That's art right. market. Right. And Charlie Ellis. Thank you, Mr. Charlie. And uh, and uh, that was when she had first started painting. And it was. And since then, I've seen. I've followed her on Instagram. Uh, I've seen her develop, and it's been so weird because it's been a condensed history of art with her. <laughs> like every two weeks, she comes up with a different style, and she has no education on this, as she'll tell you. Uh, but it was just some beautiful work, and I was very intrigued by her story of how it, uh, how she came about doing this and how it's affected her. Right, and I'm from what I understand, it's a pretty inspiring story. Dave, I've got to tell you all out there that David has been so excited about this interview. He's been telling, texting me, telling me all She how. was just a ball. She was adorable. I mean, she was fun to talk with, and, and I think she's really got some... Uh, really some good talent going on there and i just want to encourage that and everybody should well let's listen into this interview that david did with peggy joe autry yes david's got yeah, one more thing raised. i was going to say we have a couple of her pictures up on instagram if you want to take a look at her works because part of the part of what we started talking about here is she brought her portfolio with me to show on the air which okay but we'll talk about the work that she's showing me so there's this part in the uh interview where you'll hear that and if that helps explain it and she's got also an interesting connection to next week's guest that's right sarmad kazaraji and we will talk a little bit about what that means on the other side of this interview plus our long form sit down here with peter roberts but let's listen in to peggy joe autry listen up field note here art on the air from the wilds of west savannah we're talking with peggy joe autry thank you for being here Peggy Jo Autry is a new artist, actually brand new. She's never really painted or drawn or been involved with the arts. Uh, I've only been painting a year. I've been painting for a year. Yeah, I, um, I had a surgery go very wrong. I had a gallbladder surgery. I was supposed to be back to work in a week. And I have a feeding tube now. I have a feeding tube for life. Uh -huh. um, I had gotten really angry and down about it and I became almost agoraphobic but not just to my house to my bed not but, even out of the room no I wouldn't even come out of my room I asked my mom for a coloring book and crayons I colored and colored and colored but I started feeling better I would come out of my room still not out of my house and I became like real phobic about the phone everything I completely isolated but once I started coloring, it just, I was so, Taken. I felt happy. Yeah. You know, I started feeling focus. happy. There was a focus of, I had yeah, something, something to do, mm -hmm. something that was positive. And I've always been a very productive person. Like when on my jobs, I'm the best, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm very driven. So I kept coloring. When you were doing that, were you trying to maintain the standard colors that no. you were all used to or were you just going wild with them? I just went crazy and before that though you really didn't have any art none didn't, none. didn't even think about doing it much or I never did I I had friends who were artists and I always That's thought man I want to be an artist so bad it's just it's something that I've always been drawn to but just didn't, didn't bother to wade in and try never until the coloring book and okay. then well from the coloring book i thought well i'm going to get a hard coloring book now so i got a van gogh <laughs> and um it's a van gogh coloring book and that's when my friend noticed 
something's happening here. Hmm. She's like, go out of the lines or just do whatever yeah. you want. And I just went color crazy. Sharpies, markers, gel pens. You started with crayons. Uh-huh. Okay. Crayons. Okay. I moved to Sharpies. I love Was Sharpies. Was that an accidental choice or you just decided to start I, experimenting? They were on sale. They were on sale. <laughs> I sent my mom out. I said, look, they got these Sharpies, this huge sale. I had a whole gob of them. They yeah. were like 30. Yeah, no. But everybody kept telling me something about a color wheel, and you're supposed to do something that's across from the other, and I didn't get it. So I just did the my own thing. The three primaries and Evidently. The, okay. Yeah. I just do my own thing. But I... Well, What I have well. to have is balance. It has to balance out. Like, I can't use too much of something... I mean, that's your vision. So that's, there's no taking that's all away from I've got. That. Right. So there's no reason not to experiment and you might come up with something new after all. Right. You do have a natural gift. When you first started doing this, what were some of the steps you were thinking the, about doing? What I've called myself is a deconstructed tic-tac-toe. If they call it a brand, that's what I'm calling myself. And my it first works. painting I did, it has like an X and a couple circle looking things and some lines. And I promise you, it looks like a deconstructed tic-tac-toe. I think I remember them. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's where I got the name. So I was very into, like, yeah. um, shapes and things like that. I kind of, before that style, I went to where I was doing kind of like blocks. Oh, yeah. Blocks of color. This is exactly what I was thinking, was that there were stages to mm-hmm. this. I can see the progression on yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. Someone told me it was like a lot like cubism. Okay. I went through a real, whatever, whoever that is, I went through a real Henry very Cube. geometric. So how long, how long has this particular style just come up a month or two ago? Uh-huh, two months ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm thing. trying to, I don't know. Not Do more just, representational? I'm trying, yeah. Yeah, but the strokes you're using. Well, how are you doing this? What is you this? Really this is the end <laughs> of the brush picks. that fell off. Oh, really? Picks. Yeah, they have these really cool dental ones that have like these two prongs on it. <laughs> uh, hey, whatever one. works. I went to the dollar store and I got all kinds of little implements. Now, this is a lot palette knife, some brush, but mainly two. At all. But I see a lot of little faces in yeah, here. Yeah, there's all way. kinds of little characters in there. I've got... Um, I mean, a lot. Mm-hmm, I have <laughs> some birds in there and just little creatures and him. As it comes up. So these are spontaneous. These are, how would you describe this? Because I see them, you're using your pointillism. Again. Right. I use them, but I loved Kandinsky because he was like very geographic. You know what I mean? He did shapes and things like that and squiggles. But one thing you'll never see in my paintings, though, I do not like paint that drips. Really? There's no because dripping. Because it looks like I know, but there's not did. one. No. Not in any of my paintings like this is there any dripping paint at all. That's an amazing, you've got, some of these are, it's like they're woven in and out. And this is a tapestry. And there a is. A very bizarre one. Yeah, um, my black, white, and black, red, white, and gray one, I think is amazing. Pretty Rips. much just those colors? In that one, yeah. That's all I did. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and it was Buckeye colors. But I love those colors together. This sort of style is recent. Yeah, you just this started one, playing with this. This one I did about two months ago. Like I said, I just ran across some video about this Pollock. This, this Pollock guy. Yeah. 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 And um, 
Well, I later found out that he's like a real big deal, but right. I absolutely loved it. And you can do so much, so much comes out of it. Right. It just started speaking to me, and I just found like all kinds of little characters in there. I wanted to be abstract, but I didn't want people to go, what the heck? So let me go back a little bit. I'm very sorry about what made you stop, but I'm really glad you started this. So now that you've started doing it, the light bulb went off, and now you can't stop. I can't stop. You know, people try and tell you what to do all the time. I died four times in 2017 and had to be brought back. It got to the point where I put a DNR on myself. I didn't want to be revived anymore. That's how bad it got. So I didn't want to kill myself, but if it happened again, I had a DNR. I was that down. I mean, I I have a lot of hair now, but I lost half of my hair. I lost all of my teeth. Um, I lost my home. I lost so much. I couldn't see the point anymore. Until you started until doing I started coloring, coloring books? Until I did a coloring book. And I know it sounds like... Whatever it takes. But it that's was, such a simple, honest, precious beginning. I knew someone had bought my mom a coloring book one time when she was in the hospital or whatever. And I told her to bring me her coloring book. Do you remember what it was? No, it was just flowers. I oh, just okay. remember it being flowers. Just it had Family Dollar sticker on it. I should have brought my Van Gogh. I thought about it. I might, let me see. Because right. what I did was I'd been making notes in it for my daughter in case I died. She would wow. have notes. There's notes in there about I'd used paint on this one for the first time. Because she loves that kind of stuff. But some How, What's them, your production like now? Do you really just pump them out every day? Yeah, every really? day. But now, I've it's funny you haven't even, you, that you didn't even have much uh, education uh, about some of the artists like Pollock and oh, none. all that jazz. I had no idea what pointillism was, no idea. I call it dots. I never heard of Sarai, but what I thought was that's really cool. But what's so weird was I was petrified of canvas. To me, it was so final, so I just, I wouldn't do it forever. And um, Interesting, I never thought. Yeah, I just was doing everything on paper. Hmm. And my friend was like, to get a canvas, I'm like, but what if I mess up and no, 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 now that's all, I, that's all I have. So you had a few people, though, who were behind you and encouraging you that you should start They're doing saying, this. you need to stop coloring and try and do something. I wanted some sort of fancy crayon or, you know what I mean? But... It's so weird because when I say I just started painting a year ago, literally, I I did the deconstructed tic-tac-toe, I think just uh, like a month ago. I just did it. So, I mean, it has really flown. And it seems like every, not to put a time frame on anything, but about every four to six weeks, I seem to morph into something different. Right. I'm very into what I'm doing right now. It's pretty, it's colorful. I kind of did these two together. It's like Japanese now. Right? I know. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> no, I don't know what's wrong happening. at all. It's great. I That's don't know what's, what's happening. It just keeps developing. There you go. Oh, I did my first commission like a week ago. Really? Holy smokes. I was so excited. And she was like, I, I like These the are the colors, right? Purple, right. my favorite color. How happy was I? Okay. <laughs> and so I did it and she bought it and liked it and everything. Oh, that's such a great feeling. I'm having my very <laughs> first solo show. Yes. Friday. Oh, matter of fact, 
That will be at Richmond Hill, June 7th at All Things... Wait. All Things Chocolate. All Things Chocolate. That's at 1047 Ford Avenue. 5.30 to 8 will be the reception. I'm like super nervous. You'll do it. I'll do I'll make it. <laughs> I, I can do it. Hey, look, I'm really, really glad you came and talked. And uh, showing me all this, look forward to seeing more work from you because this is what you've got done so far in the short amount of time is really exciting. It's really beautiful. Is it? Okay. I really... So, I mean, I, I think I'm on a path. I, you know, I th- well, you're obviously tapped into something. But I did a, a really cute little painting for a baby's room, and I thought, babies need original art, too. It's not just what's fulfilling, I think, in a way that it has helped you so much to do this I'm work. alive. Exactly. Seriously, I'm alive. But, but also to put that out for others to enjoy and... and you grow from as well. And it's it's beautifully done. Thank and you hopefully so much. someone else gets to live. I'm ready. I agree. I'm alive. You're listening to Art on the Air and WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I'm Rob Hessler here with my co-host David Laughlin and our in-studio guest, Peter Roberts. That was our field note with Peggy Jo Autry. Thank Man, you again, Peggy Joe. That was inspiring. So she's got a show coming up, right? Show coming up Friday so she, in she Richmond talked about, Hill. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little bit out there, but I don't but, know. You know, hey, it's her first show. And that's the remarkable thing. Less than a year of painting, and she's got her first show. It's such an inspiring story, you could though. See, you could see she was so excited about just, and grateful that everything was happening this way. And she's just a beautiful person. It was a, well, She was a lot of fun to talk with. Well, and we'll obviously and be as as with all the artists that come on Art on the Air, we'll we'll keep you up to date on what they're doing. We always like to, you know, let you know when they're doing new projects and everything like that. And uh, Peggy Joe sounds just like a wonderful. She is one person, I will be so. keeping track of. If no one else will, I will do it. Yes, we will make sure. Very good. Well, let's get to our in studio guest. We've never met this guy before either, so we're gonna we'll spend a few minutes talking to him. Peter Roberts is here, of course. We've oh, hi, Peter. Oh, who's this guy? Hi, Dave. Oh, fancy seeing you here, buddy. <laughs> Rob. We're going to be talking a lot about his solo exhibition, if only. But let me read his bio, which is, uh, I've actually read this bio, or at least a, a Is this the one variation. with the Nehru jackets and the bell-bottom thing? No. Okay. No, so, this is the one I, I took off one with the website. hot pants. <laughs> <laughs> like the ones you're wearing right now. And immediately we devolve. Oh, uh, the power of radio. <laughs> Raised by semi-alcoholic wolves in the Tony suburb of Greenfield Hill in Fairfield, Connecticut, Peter Roberts grew up amidst impromptu gatherings of neighbors, extended family, and cronies from the Manhattan commuter train. The ribald, oft-repeated stories from those gatherings led to an early fascination of potentially explosive social situations. Exposure to a great aunt's personal cache of... Or is it cachet? Cachet of Mardi Gras crew invitations from the 1930s cemented a lurid fascination of how the celebrated night began, why it ended, and who were the guests that may have behaved badly. This innate love of storytelling led to a BFA in video from Savannah College of Art and Design and over a decade in television advertising and production. Concurrently producing invitations, proclamations, and various paperama led to several Graphic Design USA awards. While not serving as gallery director of Location Gallery in Savannah, Georgia, he enjoys bringing his Head Cases series of examinations to other strange locales. As I said, his latest solo exhibition, If Only, opens this Friday, June 7th, at the Savannah LGBT Center. Peter Roberts, welcome back to 
Art on the Air. Thanks for having yeah. me. I think oh, you're our first four-time guest. I don't even know here. I mean, at this point. It's I been thought at least, it was this would be the third. I think it's... The well, third in studio, but we also caught little blurbs uh, here uh, yeah, and there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, so. yeah, but Feel I mean, nuts. but this time, but this time it's different. It is different this time. And so this is the time where you're not going to be able to deflect, talk about your work yes. on to, to oh, praising the others. Oh, look at this guy's stuff. No, it's about you. It's all about you. <laughs> okay, well, break out the Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your paper cut work because... I'm a huge fan of it. I think people have really started to recognize in town your style, what you do. You've been in a lot of group shows, not only at Location Gallery, but all over town. A lot of people might remember most iconically your Burn Baby Burn piece from the Lyric so Show great. last summer over at Sulphur Studios. It was a winner. Yeah, it was the, the best in show piece. But you've been in a lot of shows. So, But take us back. Like, Where did this paper cut, this fascination with paper cuts really begin and let's let's start there. I, I think it probably started when I was doing letterpress invitations. Okay. Um, several several years ago, and then that led to going to the National Stationery Show in Manhattan, mm. and actually sort of immersing myself in the world. You know, the whole geographic planet of paper makers. Yeah. And so when you see it on that scale. Um, you're really able to go. Wow, I can I can do something. Was with. there like a little area there that you ended up staying there for hours? No, just but transfixed. It, it was kind of ridiculous because they're like, "Oh, here are samples." I mean, I got oh, on yeah, the right. plane and I I could have had them. Well, at shit. least they were light. No, not, not by the end of it. I mean, like <laughs> vapor can get heavy. It gets very heavy. It's yeah. like a brick, and yeah. it was hilarious because you know John, my husband, was like, yeah. "You know, you could have had all that shipped." <laughs> and I'm like, but then I can't look at it on the plane. But then I can't <laughs> take know? it out and put it in the aisles. <laughs> you know, I can't like spread it yeah. out. So that sort of started this, you know, the idea of the grain of the paper and the texture. And some of them have patterns and some are leather embossed or, you know, there's different techniques that, sure. that they do that I, I'm like, well, you know, my graphic side says, oh, well, I can kind of use this to produce, you know, interesting Work, invitations I mean, and work yeah. and things like that. A well, little flourish to the invitations, yeah. if nothing else. And so when you look at my paper cut work, it really, when I, I had my first official solo show, it'll be five years this summer, five years ago, because I was turning 50 and, you know. Wait, let me do the math. Okay. Yeah, I'll be 55 in July. Yeah. So um, <laughs> art school math. And, <laughs> and so what happened was, I, you know, what do you want to do for your 50th? I'm like, well, I don't want to be at a bar. I don't want to be in the back room of a restaurant. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be at a club. Obviously, it's a month away. There's no plane tickets anywhere. So no planes to jump out. of. No, right. So I said, well, <laughs> I want to have my first art show. And so I did. I produced a show called Elsewhere, which was two dimensional paper cuts or yeah three layers and it was all about identically named places in the united states so right. if you look at the map it'll only show you you know where of course fairfield is and there's probably 26 fairfields mm -hmm. across yes. the u.s some of them are known you know it's like one of them is like the jelly belly headquarters one is you know the dogwood uh, festival yeah. so sort of like those old iconic travel maps yeah, yeah you know yeah. or agricultural maps yeah, but i yeah. kind of updated it to sort of odd history or 
silly landmark history or combination therein. So I did that show. Well, let's. I just want to say, it's it's totally absurd to me that it's only been five years since your first solo show because your work seems so refined. I've actually seen in person one of those images, the the those from that particular show. Mm-hmm. I believe there's one up in your office, mm-hmm. or there was at yep. least in your office. Yep. So I've seen that piece there, and of course we've seen it on your, uh, you know, inst- I think it's on your website or yep. there's some yep, on yep. your website. Yeah, which by the way is Peter. Eroberts.com. I finally grew up and got a website name for myself. It's updated, wow. so you know, go check that out. Come so far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be a real boy. But so, I mean, do you think though that having had that background and making these invitations and stuff kind of gave you like your way ahead of the curve? I mean, obviously, the the work doesn't look five years mature. It looks much more mature than that. Well, I, yeah, I'd say seven or eight. I, you know, yeah, at I least think, I think more probably, mature than David. <laughs> I think so, like at least nine. Again, art school math. <laughs> um, I think the impetus really for me for making art is I struggled greatly when my mother passed. Hmm. So it was a way for me to uh, honor her have her in the room when I'm making things. She's like a little angel or devil on my shoulder. It kind of brings her so back. It sounds like you were conjuring her back. Well, she's definitely around there, me. With you, yeah. Yes. Um, but it's even stronger when so I'm- So you're letting that flow through. That creative place. energy. Yeah. And so it was a way for me to sort of shut off, go through it, and make something positive out of, you know, it was a bad time. Right. right. Um, and it, it does bring her back. And, you know, she was the one that, you know, always had art projects. You know, she was a great painter and a great mm. pencil artist. So me being her kid that, you know, just took to crayon and pen and paper and paintbrushes and yeah. scissors like a duck to water. You know, she could. Well, there was your inspiration. She could right sit there. me in a corner, and I'd be like, "Okay." And yeah, you know, an hour later, I'm still. <laughs> you throw know, food at me now. And yeah, then. I'm still there. So yeah. I think that that, you know, that was a way to sort of nice. go, "Hey, hey, mom, look at me now." No, you know, that's beautiful. so that's very cool. And so, so now let's fast w- forward. So within that is, yeah. you know, as a kid, I loved doing dioramas. Loved oh, it. oh, nice. So that's, you see that influence in my Absolutely. work. That it's kind of a box. And then it sort of evolved more into um, collections because I think I'm more of a serial artist, meaning I like to have different series. Of, of, of avenue to go down. Yeah. And so it's also when you look at each of those series, they all have their own storytelling. They yeah. all have their own narrative. Well, and I so. think I think what's also fascinating just by beyond the fact that there is a narrative that is contained within the series, if you look at the works to me, it looks like the individual parts are meant to move. Like yeah. I look at them and they're like they're parts. They're yeah. not I mean they're a whole. They make a whole, but yeah. they're like you envision that the things are supposed to move around almost like you're supposed to play with them or do something yeah. with them to a certain extent. Yeah, there's definitely like, you know, my 70s childhood influence with Saturday morning cartoons and love of you know mythology and well I was wondering graphics and things like that. Have you ever seen and this might be off the completely out of thin air. Have you ever seen the old uh, like turn of the century paper toys? 
that yes. they used to make. And yes. like some of them were the dioramas yeah. were a part of it. Yeah. Little, they'd make little theaters. Yeah. And then you'd do the finger puppets with yeah. the, and all that jazz. I mean, were you familiar with those? when I was, and it was interesting because a friend of mine, <laughs> you know, I'm at a cocktail party in Savannah, and she has one of those sort they of— They have cocktail parties in Savannah? Co- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm in, her, I'm in her powder room, and I, I'm like, oh, my God, that's fabulous, you know, and it was one of those probably from France, yeah. and it was, you know, it's, it's three layers, and it's the back layer, you know, the sky and the trees, and then this sort of— curved aspect right that bulges that depth. that recesses in and yeah. then the little people in front yeah. and i'm like hmm there's another series there's right so there. many ways they did those but that's yeah that, that's the theater one it was the most famous yep. i think that people are most familiar with yep. so, yeah well that's curious. fascinating and you know i i know this is going to shock all of you here out there but we are at the halfway point of our show already so i wah, want before wah, we wah, i want to dive wah. a little bit more into that because this is your first solo <laughs> exhibition here in three years. Yep. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about your last solo exhibition that you had here in Savannah, which, of course, is called Elsewhere. Oh. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play a couple of quick messages, and we'll be right back with Peter Roberts. You're listening to Art on the Air and WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with Global Soul. I'm Rob Hessler. Here with David Laughlin. Again, we'll be right back on the other side of these messages with more conversation with our in-studio guest, Peter Roberts. How many times have you heard WRUU's corporate underwriting message? If you remember it, then your potential customers will remember your message as well. We are offering this space to connect corporate and institutional partners with our loyal and active listeners. Underwriting on WRUU is short, so listeners don't tune out. It's exclusive, so your message won't be lost in advertising clutter, and it supports Savannah's only community radio station. For a marketing package to increase your reach beyond traditional media, email underwriting at wruu.org. Welcome back into the studio. I'm Rob Hessler here with my co-host David Laughlin. You're listening to Art on the Air. That was David doing his sexy voice. Hello. Uh, apparently, Hello. and I'm going to tease this a bit, we've got a new promo coming in the next couple of weeks. David's sexy promo. It's, I don't know what that means, but I probably won't be here for that episode promo. because I'm a little nervous. We've you, also, should <laughs> you should be. We've also got Peter Roberts in the studio, and we're going to be talking this segment all about his exhibition, If Only, which opens this Friday, June 7th, at the Savannah LGBT Center. So... Before we delve into that, let's kind of take the story from your first show that you did five years ago mm-hmm. through a few exhibitions that you've had here in Savannah, but there's been a five-year gap. So you did Elsewhere, you did a couple of head cases. Yep, so talk a little bit brief, just briefly about those and where we're at now when we're talking about this new show. So head cases are literally, I guess, what most people see them as is sort of modern day emojis maybe so they're literally interpretations of what was on their mind so Mm. and it's sort of a call out to unsung inventors or people you don't really know you just know the item you know somebody did invent the toaster so that guy has a big toaster it was growing out of his head Right. I love that image, actually. The one here, that specific image is one of you my You know, favorites. I mean, of course, the, I mean, the, the, and then you get into the fun stuff. Like Robert Sharp did invent 
the knife. Sharp, the Sharpie. Oh. So, so you know, so it's a lot of trivia and, and great useless information. Yeah, but, but it's your tribute to these items. More right, and the people that thought it up and yeah. made them. So yeah. I did head cases, and then people were really hot about it. And Savannah Magazine said, we want to do a story. And I said, well, I don't want – I have to do a show because it's silly to write about – Something art that no one that has ever seen. No one's ever seen say. or don't have access to. Yeah, so exactly. I did, you know, highly original sequel, Son of Head Cases. And <laughs> 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 so that, um, which I maybe it's autobiographical too. Anyway, so I did that show and that led to, you know, conversation with Austin Hill and the whole setup and philosophy of location gallery well i'd known austin a long time prior to that but that's sort of how that no but that's always been such a great integration of austin hill and location gallery that was amazing he's like it's really worked he's the guy yeah Yeah. he's so far-sighted right well it's a total game changer too just for like from a philosophical standpoint as to what an art show can be right and how it can be organized i mean it's it's changed a lot i mean it's it's real i think it has really impacted a lot of what's going on here in Savannah, and I hope actually this is a model that I would actually kind of hope goes expands beyond Savannah. I, yeah, I mean, I'd love to go, you know, do some workshops for other great real estate companies or banks or you know somebody that doesn't get that type of foot traffic but needs that type of foot if traffic. If any banks are listening, <laughs> we have a huge audience in the banking world. You know, I mean, I just think it's a good way to sort of humanize no, right. those efforts, humanize their business efforts. So, I mean, it's it's yeah, it brings people in, it it enlightens them at the same time. It's a good yeah. Union, well, let's right? let's move into the show though, because I really want to get deep into this because okay. I am very excited about this. The promo images that we've seen and we've posted several up on the Art on the Air uh, Facebook page. We've posted up some on the Instagram. Peter, you've been posting on your Instagram mm-hmm. and on the location ga- or on your personal Facebook page. There's been a lot of these images floating around, but I'm going to really quickly read the little press uh, or the little blurb here about the show. First of all, it's if only paper gut paper cut paradoxical paradises <laughs> we're going to talk about that say that three times fast. i know yeah. right 17 new works explore randomly connected thoughts that become fanciful environments based on real life experiences arbitrary gossip and true encounters each 12 inch by 12 inch has a pop art approach embellished by cut paper so paper cut paradoxical paradises it just sounded good at the time. No, I think <laughs> it does sound good. It does. Sound I was probably it's probably because I was reading a, a biography of Stanley and his whole, you know, you true st- believer. You got, got stuck in the, the dictionary on yeah. P. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I think that uh, it's definitely a show that is a good for summer. It's sort of happy. It's lighthearted, but it is all you know, randomly connected thoughts, but with the visual is sort of the the paradoxical paradise. Like, you know, Flying Cat Bakery. Like, why would you want that? But wouldn't that be cool? But wouldn't it be cool? But, like, you're going to trust a cat flying around with a pie? Yeah. I don't know. I would. It'd be great. But, so that's sort of... Well, it's a hopeful thing. It's hopeful. If only. If only. Hopeful. And that the whole thing sort of started with a <laughs> previous piece that... You know, it's of a donut orchard, which I call if only number fourteen. So I want a donut orchard. So, right, exactly. Yeah. 
So, of course, there's a fence in front of it, which is a whole other uh, problem. Minor. <laughs> Let's be honest. If there was a donut orchard, we'd all be climbing that yeah, fence. Exactly. <laughs> that Razor fence wire. would be gone. So, you know, so, yeah, so tell the story about how that happened, because you had this piece in another show. Right. And I, I called it, if only, number 14 donut orchard oh, and somebody please said and, please tell that and people said well what are the other you know what are the ones before that and i'm like they're 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 on the way <laughs> so here they are 14 well, sounded nice that's so with. fascinating though isn't that like how oftentimes like one little tiny thing like that can be Sparks the spark it. right yeah. exactly because yeah. you think like and i find that in my work I don't know if this speaks to you too, David, but there's often it's like the little thing like that that is like the that's the impetus behind everything rather than some grand like the big grand ideas generally don't work out nearly as well. Of, they don't land the joke. You yeah, know, like yeah. it, they just, they're just like so big and so much angst or something. So I wanted this to be sort of light. Yeah. But a little bit pointed. Well, with thoughtfulness. So, yeah. But so, Lighthearted. Something that, you know, when people... Heavy, when they, yet brisk. When they, <laughs> when they see it in their home, you know, they're going to they're gonna smile when they see it, right? And I think part of our job as creatives is to entertain and also... Enlighten. Enlighten, yeah. you know? Mm. Well, I mean, I, I generally like to make people upset and, like, depressed you, well, with my that's stuff lately. Your, everybody has their own my, style. Yeah, my... my my effort is to always make the less the my, the next piece less sellable than the previous one, but and it's working. Probably, it's totally working. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with me, kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, obviously, model, yeah. You, the location <laughs> gallery has gotten me out of that a bit. So, but that's you know, the good. the construct of the paper is the thing that I had a lot of fun with because it's not... Oh, you have... It's that's, not, it should be noted, It's not yes. just the metallic paper. You know, I've got wood grain paper and matte paper. So it's sort of that tension as well for the visual There is some great uh, substance so. to the different styles of paper that you have that lends itself to the work. Well, and I so noticed that's uh, what one little... sort of fun. It's a subtle detail, but I mean, I think it's notable is that in the piece that we posted... With the ghosts and the radio. What's uh -huh. that piece called again? Ghost Wave, Ghost Wave Radio. Okay, Ghost Wave Radio. We posted that up, and you utilized a um, semi-transparent paper yeah, for yeah. the ghosts, yeah. and so you can kind of see through that. And what's interesting about that, not just as a piece, it also offers like a new avenue for future work where you're seeing like, oh, well, here's how it works when it overlays and you can see like the beams from the behind the radio right. are expanding out and you can see them passing through right. the ghosts. And like there, when I looked at that piece, I was like, well, how is he going to use this technique on new works going forward in the future too? And that's kind of interesting t as well. Like when you're pushing yourself by using these different types of paper. Yeah. It's fun just to, you know, play around and figure it out and, um, you know, the commentary, a lot of the comments have been like, wow, I didn't know you did more than one color. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm like, um, yeah, okay. have you seen, Every now have you and seen the other going. stuff? Going in you know, for a so, surprise. You know, you're only as good as your last job, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> well, let me ask you, though. So there's three things here. It says based on real life experiences, mm -hmm. arbitrary gossip and true encounters. So are we left up as a viewer to figure that out on our own? Are you going to give us some... I mean, obviously, cats with flying with, with pastries in their hands or donuts mm -hmm. or whatever it might be, we can infer that that's, you know, that's a fanciful kind of thing. Right. 
but there's a lot of gossip in this town and i wonder if there's some of these things that have like deeper stories that might be fun to just kind of like stand in front of the piece and talk about these kind of stories i don't don't know you know it's sort of it's more it's more my sort of um oddly wired short-circuiting brain that somehow it's connects, like you're channeling that in. sort of somehow connects you know some weird bit of gossip with you know a visual thing and then as this person is telling me this stuff because i don't really like gossip all that right. much you know i'm thinking of something else like oh this is like ghost wave radio who am i talking you know so it's sort of mm. it's so not your necess- mind is going over there yeah, it's not really that specific I mean, there definitely are specific pieces that those people do know that it's about them. Okay, so, so real. but yeah. it's oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so, because I'm like this, you know. And then there's other pieces, of course. I'm so like, that cat thing—that's not about me, is it? No, that's <laughs> about actually Uno, the amazing wonder cat, my cat that passed last Aww. year. As a matter of fact, his birthday would have been tomorrow. Aww. So, happy well, happy birthday, birthday Uno! I and, mean, I and Kitty our, Pie Heaven. Our cats are our pets are family. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. It means a lot. Well, look, you know, so I I'm going to encourage people then then at your opening to come by and maybe maybe let's let's talk about some of these pieces because I think that's <laughs> sure. fun. You know, I think yeah. that's really cool. I mean, they're not you know they're honorific. They're not. You know, they're not snarky. Right, right, right. This is a happy show. <laughs> For those Good. of you just joining us, you're listening to another happy show, Art on the Air, on WRUULP, nice. Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with Global Soul. I'm Rob Hessler here with my co-host David Laughlin, and our in-studio guest today is Peter Roberts. And we're talking all about his exhibition, If Only, which opens this Friday at the Savannah LGBT Center. That's at 1515 Bull Street. You chose 17 pieces. I've been talking to you off and on, asking you how the show is going and everything like that. And you've been often saying, well, I've got six more pieces to go, or I've got four more pieces to go, Mm -hmm. which makes me very cognizant of the fact that you had a plan of, I'm going to do this many pieces. So what went into that? Is there, there, was there a thought about the space? Were you shooting for 17? What's the deal there? You'll have to ask Sando about that. Wow. <laughs> All right, Catherine, you're going to okay. have to give us a call. And well, we're going to have to. It's, you know, it's numerology. 17 is one plus seven. That's eight. Eight. So that's the lucky one. Eternity. All right, of yeah. course. So for those of you number. who have no idea that's what we're right. talking about, Catherine Sando is very much into this, into that kind of thing. In mm-hmm. fact, when I went down to her studio to talk numerology to her piece, buster, give it <laughs> yep. a name. Don't when I went to go off. numerology, when I went to go talk to her about her piece for the Lush exhibit, mm-hmm. which was at Location Gallery. Oh yeah, there was a hex, hexade- hexadecimal code. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't <laughs> talk about it in the interview. I didn't record it, but we went into a long uh-huh. detailed discussion about everything that she was doing for her show at yep. Delaney Contemporary yep. and. The, the the jubilee year mm-hmm. 50 year and all of that stuff so that's fascinating so how much do you do you i mean obviously you're thinking about that with your work as well in a sort of meta way beyond just what the works are i think so too and you know i do know that gallery space so 17 fits quite nicely <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean and you'll see you know i know in the show what imagery and what things are definitely um, 
connected or directly well, or directly flow. directly influenced by other creatives in town and my interactions with them or you know my interactions in my personal life or just you know the visual sort of the visual mythology that I've sort of made up no, I love I, the saying. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and no, it absolutely makes sense. And I think that that's you know, and I think it's interesting that you bring that point up because you're a gallery director, so you're seeing so much work. David and I are doing this radio show, so we have new guests every week, and we see so much work. And I think that there can be a, a bleed pop, over, a bleed over yeah. that's not necessary. It's and it's it's an it's, a bleed over that's not bloody. Exactly. It's not meant to be harmful or to steal. It's not a stolen thing. It's right. like being influenced by contemporaries that we respect and admire their right. work. You right. know, and I think that that's like a totally a positive thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, whereas there's not a rip off sort of situation. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Which would be drawing blood. Yes. yes. In a metaphorical well, yeah. state. Well, so and I would say probably, I mean, if you're completely copying someone else's piece, that is some fighting words. Yeah. You know, that's not cool. No, of course not. You know, that's that's where you, that's where you draw the line. Right, draw the blood. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I really want to say some other things right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, of course, we know. You know, as being, you, you you get to hear a lot of things, and that's why I was asking about these about these little these little rumors. Uh, these little. So like, <laughs> I guess I guess some of the I guess maybe gossip wasn't the correct word. Is probably it's probably visual gossip within your head. Mm, that makes I like sense. that. Yeah, so, yeah. Cuz you know, you see, I mean, people are always like, how do you how do you buy art? And I always say, you know, if you if it just hits you in that way horizontally, full front low, you know, like if you it You don't hit, have to have it all explained it, out. It, it, exactly. If it hits you on on these levels you can't describe, then yeah. it's moved you and you should you should buy it. Yeah. Because if you're interacting that strongly with it, you're going to like having it around you there's you know? a reason it's appealing there's, to you it's speaking, it's speaking to, you. to you right exactly absolutely so. and i love that you're you're mentioning that because one of the things that i found you know not only are you doing a great job with with location gallery as a curator not only are you showing a lot of these shows but you've done a good job of bridging that gap between making work with meaning but that's also pretty sellable. I mean, you're getting this that stuff out there. Your people are are connecting with it. So we have a lot, obviously a lot of people that listen to the show are young artists, they're up and coming artists and things like that. That's a difficult position I think for some people to navigate. Do you have any like thoughts or advice about that? I mean, you see a ton of work. You know what sells and such. I I would say, you know, hone your technique. Um hone your technique in the mediums that you flourish in or really have, ex- well, you have an excitement level about. yeah an excitement level to it and you know hone the technique and also have your own point of view and your own narrative i think that's so important i mean you can be the bestest you know realistic oil right realistic oil painter in the universe but if your narrative isn't strong, then who 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 cares? Then what's you know? the, then who are you talking to? Right, like what's you know you're not showing you know you're not revealing too many sides of you, and you're not. I think people people there is an element 
of people buying art that they are buying a piece of you, unfortunately. But well, yeah, you know, you're you as a creative are putting it out there to be viewed and possibly sold. So it is transactional, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we'd all love to say, "Oh, I, you know, I just do it for the art." Well, you know, you gotta pay the bills. So well, you get to do more of it if you can sell it. Exactly. Because you have the time to be able to do it because you're making work money off of it. Whereas otherwise you're going to need to spend a lot more time invested in some other activity that brings in cash. Right. So that matters. Right. You know, so like it's it it, on a very fundamental way, like it's better. You get to make more work if you make sellable work. Right. To a certain extent. Right. And I think, you know, and also edit your work. I mean, you know, look at, I mean, if you're doing a, you know, if you're doing a solo exhibition. Why are you looking directly at me when you say that? God, (laughs) art school psychology. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, edit it because if you're going to have a cohesive show, that's people are going to that show for that theme or that cohesion. Right. It would be nice to work together with. Yes. You know, I mean, I think that's what people do. Um, that's that what is they, what that's they're sort of going the to see. And, yeah. You know. Well, let me do this real quick. You're listening to Art on the Air and WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, streaming at WRUU.org. We are, of course, Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I'm Rob Hessler. got my co-host David Laughlin here on the Kalimba, and we've got Peter Roberts in studio. And I do want to talk a little bit. I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about editing the work here and i think what one thing we can use there's two more things i want to talk about i want to talk about your your new york show but real quick before we do that i think it pertains to what you're talking about and that i think is with your curatorial background because that gives you a little bit of an insight into editing work you know what makes up a good show like you're inviting people to be a part of a show at location based on you know their work and you're thinking these are these people are going to work well together, mm-hmm. and of course you've got the Happiness Is show opening up next week mm-hmm. over at Location Gallery. Mm-hmm. So I think we can use that. I know we want to talk a little bit about that. That's a bit of a passion project for you. So why don't you just kind of let people know what that's all about? Happiness Is, yeah, yeah. that opens up June fourteenth, Flag Day. Um, it's Happiness Is. It's an homage to uh, Charles M. Schultz, creator of Snoopy and Charlie Brown and the Peanuts Gang, and I ask artists to. I kind of field tested it like what do you guys think about this idea i was and, gonna ask what kind of responses did you get and they were so it was it's it's, it's been going on for about a year just mm-hmm. in casual conversations and it was you know 96 percent were like oh my god i totally loved it, it was Everybody totally could inspired identify by somehow it. And some somehow we all identify yeah. with that particular part of childhood right um, and I just thought it was maybe my generation, but I asked people like in their twenties, people, and they all were like, "Oh my god, lo- they like, still show still, the Christmas special yeah. every year, and yeah. he's and the merchandise is still and the Halloween too. The right. cartoons have per, have you know they're so they're." I mean, they they cross many generations right. at this point. I mean, wasn't it right. MetLife? I think I'm sorry, I probably <coughs> that's say true. These things. I mean, they, yeah, it, corporate it, advertising. It is well, yeah. no Macy's Day Parade. I mean, there you go. Right. So, but do you think though, because you're you in talking about how this kind of relates to your own personal work, is that you know you get this opportunity to to learn how to edit, like a curatorial yeah. experience. You learn how to edit, like what is going to work well together, and I think that's actually something that. 
I've been wanting, I was talking with another artist about the, about some other exhibition space. And I don't want to call that space right. out right now, but it was uh, one of the criticisms I had is that they're tending to just have the artist go in there and there isn't really a curation of the work. So it's the spaghetti show, on the wall. yeah, the show yeah. will have, the artist will put up a lot of great pieces, but they're not a curator so they're not able to edit it down into a cohesive show even though if you're looking at one piece it's great and the next piece it's great and the next piece is great those pieces make no sense together but right? yeah because part of narrative right is the experiential physically of the show mm-hmm. so you can kind of you know you can kind of look over the whole you can kind of look around the white box and be like you know what that piece needs to go over there like there needs to be a patterning of shape and form and graphic identity you know like you can't you know what i mean and sort of this tapestry i've walked into your gallery a couple of times when you were hanging a show and it's a lot of fun to watch yeah i mean because you are a ball of nervous energy while you're doing that (laughs) well i just you know i'm like you're not even there gotta get it done got nobody talk to me gotta get it done but see i think i want to hear people to hear this because i think that this is something that is totally overlooked a lot especially for young artists are doing their first show or something where they don't understand that that is part a huge part of the process and we can't always rely like okay you're ta- david you're talking about how peter is running around and doing all this but a lot of the no, time he sort of just stands there right? well but, but i'm saying a lot of the time though like if you're doing <laughs> if you're doing a show at a, at a coffee shop or maybe you've even rented a space or maybe yeah. you've just gotten a space you're the one who is responsible for doing that part of the process mm-hmm. there isn't somebody there that's there to help you and like and, and like there's no diagram already down. preset. Well, right. you kind of, you know, it's kind of, you know, just learn, you know, learn from others. Go to other shows, and you know, if a show is really good looking. Analyze it. Look at it. Go. Why? Why am I Have having an overview of the whole why am I having a visceral, you know, reaction, reaction yeah. to this show? Right. You know, or why does this show seem off? Because that's also part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? See, that's the yeah. pro- that's probably kind of what I was talking about when we were discussing this gallery. Is that there's this an artist whose work I love. Right. And I loved the pieces in the show, but the show wasn't good, and it wasn't mm. because of the work. You know what I mean? Right. And it wasn't because of the artist. It was because of the way that the show worked right. together. Right. And like that is, it's such an underrated thing to think about because there's so many talented artists in town. But there are sometimes when a show just is like it really knocks me off my feet, and I'm like, this artist is just barely up and coming, and then it's like this well, show really I does it, it for me. But I make you know? it sound like it's easy, but I, no, no. you know, it's like because you've done it well, a while no, for you, it is. I've done enough, but people. also like remember like those aptitude tests in junior high. Uh. Mm. <laughs> like I got like a hundredth percentile of spatial relations, <laughs> and they're like, you should be an architect. I'm like, no, but of course now I'm married to one. Yeah, so go. So figure. you've got a natural yeah. talent. So I it. can pack the car. He's no clue. Oh, so you're good at Tetrising <laughs> it then. So. Well, look, one more thing, and we got to get out of here. But I want to talk a little bit about something that's just come up recently for you, and we're really excited for you. You've got a a couple of pieces going up into a gallery in New York. So tell us about that. Well, it's uh, when I got the invitation email, I actually thought I was being, uh, I thought it was a friend of mine making a joke because the name of the gallery is Blackbird Gallery, which is my old advertising company mm. and invitation company. Well, kismet. And it's literally three blocks from my dad's old apartment. 
Wow. In Manhattan. So I was like, all right, this is where my friends played it's a too joke. Close. Like, yeah. this is so weird. And then I actually read it. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's a show called Out There. Um, it's uh, a show for um, Gay Pride Month. And it's also in honor of uh, 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Yeah. So the gallery's mm-hmm. in Chelsea. That was a riot. Um, she, said, she wanted some of the head cases. I said, well, this other body of work is probably a little stronger for that show. Um, plus, I really, you know, I'm not, I wasn't able to produce a whole nother set of head cases with this other oh, show that's on. opening with up. With the half a dozen group shows and the uh, other <laughs> solo shows. Auctions and yeah. <laughs> so, um, and she thought they were great. It's actually uh, four from my Trouble series, which is um, all about, you know, those pesky Greek gods and oh, right. passionate and how they, you know, smited smited some they would of, just smite all smited the some place, of their mortals they? and you know the metamorphosis you know <laughs> you know like hyacinth or ampelos <laughs> and how these you know these care these mortals became other were metamorphosized into other things so you know all all passionate love affairs always end in trouble but maybe they came out the other side a little better that's awesome. Well, that actually opens tomorrow, June sixth, and it goes through the first of July. So that's really great. Uh, and I'm definitely going up for the closing reception. Oh, that's great! Dan- closing well, reception dance party. And again, nice. it's it's Even Blackbird better. Gallery, and mm-hmm. that's at two nineteen West Sixteenth Street in New York. So if you're up there, yeah, you know, I'll check be there. out, follow yeah. a local, see see what the locals doing up there because I think that's really great. Well, Peter, I'm going to give all the details one more time of If Only Papercut Paradoxical Paradises, June 7th through July 26th over at the Savannah LGBT Center at 1515 Bull Street here in Savannah. 17 new works explore randomly connected thoughts that become fanciful environments based on real life experiences, arbitrary gossip, and true encounters. Each 12 inch by 12 inch has a pop art approach embellished by cut paper going to be a really good show can't wait to see it peter roberts thank you so much for being on art on the air today thank you and opening reception it's national donut day national so donut day we'll be having some fancy donuts national maybe. donut day and an art opening at the same time you can't Woo-hoo. really what go more wrong. can you ask hey. what more summer is officially here That's we're right. going to get into our community oh, calendar now but i want to mention real quick and, di- and and peter stick around you can chat about this stuff too sure. wait Next wait we- don't go out the door yet wait stop wait, wait. Uh, next week, we've got Sarmad Kazraji uh, coming into the studio. He's an Iraqi-born artist who you're not going to want to miss. We were turned on to him by our good friend Christopher Monroe, who wrote an article about him, oh, God, six plus months ago. And Pete, David and I have had a chance to talk with him a couple times. Yeah. We really want to have his him work. on. Uh, plus, we're working on a field note with Ryan Grayface of Grayface Records, all about their upcoming Ghana Vision 2 hand-painted movie posters from Ghana exhibition i mean that how amazing cool. no is kidding. that right yeah yeah, yeah. um so that's going to be really cool you listen to wruulp savannah georgia 107.5 fm wruu.org we are savannah soundings community radio with global soul that is all the time that we have this week thank you david for being david Definitely. and we will talk to you all next wednesday three to four aren't in the air have a great week guys